Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. No, that's Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Well, a little premature as today is December 30th. Our New Year's show, as both Seth and myself will be traveling tomorrow, Seth to Florida, myself to Phoenix, where it will be reportedly four degrees warmer than it will be in New York all week. That's not what I was looking for. But it is what it is. Week 17 of the NFL football season, where my picks, I am one game behind the leaders at this point going into halftime of most of the 1 o'clock games. But we will not be talking NFL today other than the disappointment that, or the, the, uh, the disappointment or surprise, which was the 2018 calendar year. Seth, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Well, I, I can't follow up on that incredibly profound trading places uh, uh, <laughs> reference, but happy new year to you as well. And to everyone listening on this 40 degree day out in Hoboken, it is 85 down in Boca. Yeah. I'm going where the Jews go to die, but for an extra 50 degrees, I'll happily put up with it for a week. Um, yeah. Week 17, typically boring. Um, you yeah, know, the games that are really relevant, the eight o'clock game tonight, Tennessee, Indy, and I guess we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh and Baltimore in that area. But as a Giants and Jets fan, it's just draft pick time. As it normally is for this time of year for us, we've become <laughs> used to this concept. Uh, the Jets haven't made the playoffs, as I was reminded today, for the last six seasons. And the Giants, I think it's been three in a row now that you guys haven't made the playoffs. So, we're kind of getting used to this in New York, but who knows? I mean, the Super Bowl's in Atlanta this year. Maybe by the time that happens, I'll be relocated, and I can actually watch a team that won a couple of games. But you know well, what? We'll get actually, to that as the case may be. 2019, hopefully a better year for myself, at least professionally. But you know what? I had a great year. I think Seth had a great year. Uh, Morgan coming into the picture myself traveling to a whole lot of different places in the world. Look, we're lucky people, very fortunate, and we're happy to be here on the Sunday before New Year's Eve. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. This is our annual year in review, the best and the worst of 2018, and what we're looking forward to in 2019. Um, Let's start with with the subject that Seth has a lot more – both interest and knowledge in, in John Jones makes a return last night after, I believe, taking the whole 2018 season off to uh, capture a championship. We talked about this a little bit last week in that it was moved to L.A. from Nevada, but really a whole year off, and it seems like it did nothing to deter him from uh, from winning the belt last night. 
It didn't. Um, he beat the living. He beat up Alexander Gustafsson, who unfortunately his prime was probably his loss in the first in the first matchup against John Jones. And Jones looked as if pretty much more refreshed than anything else, dominating Gustafsson and then knocking him into La La Land in round three. You know, challenging Daniel Cormier in kind of a funny. Uh, you know, after, after funny after uh, the, the match speech with Joe Rogan, um, the reality is the UFC needs John Jones. You know, in the last five to ten years, there have been so many major stars in the UFC who have retired or left, and nobody has really picked up the mantle from a stand, from a personality standpoint and from a marketing standpoint, other than Conor McGregor who's in and out and in and out. And the last time we saw him was embarrassed uh, by Khabib and, you know, Brock Lesnar, who nobody really cares about who follows UFC because he doesn't belong in there. Um, so it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a necessity. And that's why there has been so much forgiveness on the UFC part, you know, time after time after time. Cause when you look at some of these champions, you know, Tyrone Woodley at 170, Robert Whitaker at 185, Nobody cares. I mean, to be blunt, nobody cares about even Max Holloway at one at one fifty five. Nobody cares about these people. The casual fan doesn't know who these people are. And you know, in the years where you had Chuck Liddell and Randy Ortiz, excuse me, uh, Randy Couture and Tito Ortiz, and and George St. Pierre and Anderson Silva. Now, I mean, Sean, you're a perfect example. You are not a UFC fan at all. But you have heard of Anderson nope. Silva? No. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of him. Heard, I mean, in, in passing, sure. And Randy George and uh, think think. Uh, sorry, Randy Couture, I've certainly heard of, but not not from the MMA. I mean, mainstream. Look, he he's been right. in a couple of movies. I mean, that I I think part of it is that, is that the MMA has not marketed their people well enough. Maybe they it has had, something to do with that. They never had to. Because the people, because again, they weren't going after people who were kind of anti-combat sport, but they were going after a lot of the people who follow wrestling and follow boxing, and they did well with those. But what's happened is the personality, the people who have won, have stagnated. The personalities aren't there, and in a sport which you know, I kind of reminds me of NASCAR about ten to fifteen years ago, when you saw. Jimmy Johnson and Dale Earnhardt Jr., all these big names were, were really doing well, and the sport was really on the upswing. And then it stagnated, and then it's been on the downswing ever since. And I'm not quite ready to say the UFC is on the downswing, considering the amount of money that ESPN just paid to purchase it, you know, purchase the, the, uh, the, the rights for the next five years. But the popularity certainly has stagnated domestically. Well, I was just going to compare it to boxing, where at one point we knew, I knew Evander Holyfield and I knew even Roy Jones and Floyd, Mary, Floyd Mayweather. Excuse me, I was about to say Merriweather for some reason. Floyd Mayweather. And now I couldn't name one person that boxes. And yes, you could. Triple G. No, I had to – look, you mentioned it, and thus I could remember who he is. But off, I'll tell you, it wasn't coming to me. It really wasn't at all. 
Triple so G in Canelo okay. doesn't come to you either? No, it just doesn't. It, 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 like I said, now that you've mentioned it, it's in, the, it's in the mind frame, but it's certainly not there. And my question to you going into 2019, and we're, we're going to go sport by sport and talk about this, 2019, where do you see MMA? Do you think it's, it's regardless of what ESPN has paid for it, regardless of what they've paid for it, the concept is, is it on its way up or is it on its way down? Because to me, it's straight out of boxing. It's on its way down. I think the I think it's stagnant. Um, well, that's on its way down. Yeah, <laughs> nothing can it, stay stagnant for long without an uptick. Yeah, it's certainly not, at least in the U.S., on a growth on on an ups, upswing. Um, there are no pop except for there really are no popular champions except for Daniel Cormier. Um, and the best fighters in the world, nobody really knows. You know, Robert Whitaker is from Australia. You know, uh, you know some of these people, which is some of them, you know, Amanda Nunez, who is the, the first two-time you women's champion. Forrest you said Forrest Whitaker? You said Forrest No, Whitaker, Robert right? Whitaker. He's, no, I said oh, Robert Whitaker. That guy. Yeah. No, the point is, yeah, Whitt- I don't know Forrest who the guy Whitt- is. That's what, I, that's what I was pointing out. Exactly. Is that, well, I know that. I don't know that's who he is. Point. And I'm not going I know that. He's, the, he's the middleweight champion of the world. Nobody knows who he is. Amanda Nunez, who be, who's the one who forced Ronda Rousey into retirement and knocked Chris he's uh, Cyborg. Chris Cyborg out. That's okay, right. I know who Cyborg who is. is. I know who she Cyborg got is. Out but here's my. But but here's my other concern. Much like boxing, there's Bellator, there's UFC. I mean, boxing went away mainly because of the personalities and that there are none anymore. But the other thing is nobody could tell who the champion was, right? Because you had 17,000 different belts in 17,000 yeah, different organizations. MMA doesn't really have that issue. Um, it's still okay. UFC. You know, with the only exception being the UFC champion Demetrius Johnson, who lost a pretty disputed decision a couple of months ago, who literally was traded to, to another organization um, for a middleweight, ironically. Other than him, it's pretty much a consensus that the best fighters in the world are still in the UFC. So okay. you don't have the WBA, WBC, IBF issue. It's just Bellator is a second tier uh, of MMA in regards to the top, the high, high end. I'm not saying from like, you know, number five down, but from number one to number three, number four is the UFC typically. Okay, fair enough. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. Last night was also the, uh, the semifinals for the NCAA football championships. Two very disappointing games to me. Uh, I mean, we kind of predicted the Notre Dame game last week in that they would get routed. But you here did. we I, are. I well, did. Okay, I did. Okay, I did. I was giving I was giving you a little bit more credit, but I did. No. I certainly did not think that they were going to get out of it last night, and they didn't. And then you have Alabama soundly defeating Oklahoma. So here we are with the two teams, Clemson and Alabama, again playing. I think it's the fourth time 
uh, the second time in the championship, but the fourth time in since this whole and time in the championship, fourth time in the, the CFP. So I will make the claim again. Is, is this really the right way? Is this really what college football fans want? Is if you had it for eight game, eight teams instead of four, would you have a different outcome? I pose those questions to you. No, but it's still. I still think the A team is the right way to do it. Now, the people bitching and moaning that okay, you know, we, you and I have had this discussion in regards to the NCAA tournament that just because of the result, just because there's a certain result comes out of it, doesn't mean that the way it was put together was incorrect. Meaning, I know no, that agree. people from Ohio State. Ohio State and Georgia are raising their arms and saying, you know, this should have been us. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. Notre Dame went undefeated against a good schedule. Regardless, you know, Ohio State lost by 30 to Purdue. You know, Oklahoma lost by three to a top 15 Texas team that's playing in the Sugar Bowl and then beat them in the rematch. Georgia has two losses. The right team has made it. The problem is Again, it's based. It should not. Be, it should be based on what your result is of the season. The results of the season are that Notre Dame and Oklahoma had better years. Hold on. But, now, but stop there. Stop there. My point is, we've seen this time and time again. Right? This is the third time they're in a championship together. At some agreed. point, doesn't this just get boring? Well, that's the ratings. Their ratings are not expected to be great next week. And of course it does, but, but again, there are also the other people who say, look, dynasties are great and are fascinating to watch. So it, it's a trade-off. And I mean, look, in, in an eight, in an eight game series, excuse me, in an 18 playoff, is there a chance that either, yeah, I don't think Clemson is a great team. Um, I think Georgia very well may have beaten Clemson. I don't think Ohio State would have. I think it'd just be an awful matchup for Ohio State. But until it's there, look, I believe there should be an 18 playoff. I think you should have the five conference teams and then the one out of, you know, one non group five or whatever you want to call it, and the two remaining best teams out there. But. You know what? Because you have eight the, teams, doesn't mean Clemson and Alabama aren't going to make it through. No, agreed. But does that allow? Obviously, it does. It allows for more opportunity for them not to make it through. No question. My point is, will the ratings in a week and a half, well, a week from tomorrow, really put? Look, things don't happen unless money. Right, money controls it all. It, it always has, and it always will. So the point is, will money and the fact that the ratings be so soft dictate the fact that people are just upset with these two teams over and over and over again? And the fact that Clemson is in the ACC. Look, Syracuse is in the ACC. We have it. We have the easiest, well, second easiest Power Five conference behind the Pac-10. Second easiest. Without we are top we are top heavy with Clemson, and then we have a lot of mediocrity, or a lot of second tiers. So Clemson generally, if all goes according to plan, 
is going to make that top four every single year because there's nobody to tell them not to be. So is there a better way to do this? I don't know of one. Unless Clemson schedules at a conference, which it seems like why would they want to? They have the well, I think they, they have the ability to go. So, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Now hold on. Clemson, I believe, played two relatively. They played South Carolina because they play them every year. Now, not a great South yep. Carolina is not a great team, but they they're a decent SEC team. And I want to say they played Texas A and M, which is a top. I'm looking it up team. right now. I'm looking it up right now. The first game, they played Kent State. They played Auburn, and they beat 14-6. Okay. to six. okay, so they beat Auburn, who's a top-20 team. They beat Texas A&M, who's a – wait a minute, regular season. No, I don't see Auburn. They did not play, they did not play A&M. They played Auburn uh, – oh, this is last year. Sorry. My apologies. So I don't know why Google just gave it to me last year. Last year they played Auburn. This year they played Texas and A&M. And this year they played A&M. Yep which is not a at Texas A&M, which is certainly not an easy game. Nope. Agreed. So, I mean, look, my feeling is you should have one legitimate out of conference game. That's all I can ask. Unless you're Notre Dame. That's all I can ask for. You're going to have the Furmans of the world and the Georgia Southerns in the world. You're going to have games like that. But I mean, again, when I look, when I look at the, at the regular season, when I look at actually at Clemson schedule, Georgia Tech was decent, went to a bowl game. Syracuse was, had a good season. Wake Forest won their bowl game. NC State, I don't know if they won their bowl game or not. I think they did. Florida State had a down year. Louisville had an awful year. Boston College went to a bowl game. Duke went to a bowl game. And I'm not saying that there's a great teams, but there's no Rutgers in there. There's no No, Oregon I agree. State I agree with that. Or Kansas. I agree with so, that. And next, year by, next year, by the way – Next year, by the way, they still play Texas A&M on September 7th. I just looked up their, probably their schedule. But probably at, it is, but their other out-of-conference, they play Georgia Tech, which is an ACC game that starts the year. Then they play Texas A&M, then they play Charlotte, then they play Wolford. And they, oh, no, these are just their out-of-conference games. I'm sorry. Georgia Tech, A&M, Charlotte, Wolford, and South Carolina. Okay. So you're playing two decent teams out of four. And, look, what do you want from – you know, you also have to remember, they schedule this three, four, five years in advance, as you know. So Mm -hmm. these things have been long set up. And conference, look, weird things happen in conference. You guys were very close to beating them this year. You beat them last year. You know, you're not better than them but you've given them very good matchups. Florida State was incredibly dominant for 20 years in the ACC. Virginia beat them one year. You know, you know these things happen. Agreed. So, you know, you, I don't know of a better way, to be perfectly honest. Okay. I mean, all right. So seeing what we see today, December 7th, which is in 2019, where do you see this going? I think Alabama's going to kill them, <laughs> like, and proverbial kill them. I, I mean, I think they're going to win. I don't know what the spread is now, but if it's six more than half. 10, it's, it's a touchdown. We're on a touchdown. Okay. Six uh, I, I take Alabama 
over and over and over again. I, I agree, especially if Dexter Lawrence is not able to play next week. Um, because the best chance that they're going to have is their front is because Clemson's biggest advantage is their front four. All of them could be first round picks this year. That's the other thing. Next year, all these guys are gone. So there will be Clemson probably will not be preseason top three or five next year, but they, if they can stop Jacobs and Harris up front, you know, they, you're going to have two who's going to be able to throw the ball, obviously. And they're not going to, it's not going to, this is a, an explosive offense from a passing standpoint, more than typical Alabama. But it, it, if it makes you one dimensional, you have a better chance. Number one. Number two, this is not Alabama's best defense by a long shot. Again, shown last night by Kyler Murray tearing them up, albeit a little bit late. Uh, a freshman quarterback in a national championship game scares me, to be honest. But they have good wideouts. They have a great running back near the end. It won't be a bad game. Look, the, the, of the three games, two of them were sensational. The two championship games were phenomenal. Um, and you know, so it's, last year's game was kind of a bust. But Clemson, we all kind of knew that going in. So you know, Clemson was the one seed. So I think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be an enjoyable game to watch, but if you're not an SEC Southeastern, you know, Southeast United States guy, you know, to watch this game for the third time in four years as a title game is, may not be interesting, and that's completely understandable. Fair enough. Clemson has the number six recruiting class next year. Uh, I have no idea who's in it. They have uh, 27 recruits, 27 commits next year. So, okay. Number six ain't so bad. They have no five stars, but 16 four stars, which seems ridiculous. And they have, uh, sorry, I'm looking up their top commits. The top commits, they have uh, one defensive tackle in their top commits. So uh, number seven defensive tackle overall. Look at me with the recruiting. Wow. Anyway, football recruiting at that. So, Okay, again, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. We're going to be going through each and every of the major sports, seeing where we are going to wind up in 2019. Seth, yes or no, Kyler Murray will be in the 2019 NFL draft. I don't think so. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I think he sticks to baseball. Okay, my next question was going to be yes or no, Kyler Murray is the Oklahoma quarterback next year. No, I think he's I think he's on to baseball. Okay. Fair enough. I think he will be in the draft. Um it doesn't necessarily mean he'll play. It doesn't necessarily mean that anybody will spend a pick on him. It may be a late round pick. Now the, remain, the reminder here is unlike most of the old two-sport players, a team does not hold your rights for more than one year. Actually, I'm sorry, it is the same. It, Bo Jackson was drafted twice, or wasn't drafted, and then was drafted the second time. Correct? He was not drafted by Tampa Bay. Who are we talking about? Bo? Bo Jackson was not drafted by Tampa Bay, correct? No, he's I don't think so. I think he was drafted by the Raiders. He was, but he wasn't drafted that year. He was drafted the next year, I believe. 
I think the point is you only keep a person's rights for one year, and that's definitely the case now. No, so any wrong. team that Bo drafts. Jackson. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Bucks blew it by drafting to- Bo Jackson. Okay. They Bo did. Jackson they took him was drafted in 1986. Number one overall. Okay, so yes. uh, Matt Ryan just caught a touchdown pass, guys. By the way, it was a double reverse with a with a throw to Matt Ryan. Very nice, actually. Anyway, the point How being. How did you even see that? Oh, I have red zone. Oh, here. Okay, I'm watching Game Day Live now. Okay. Okay, I'm still ahead of you, I guess. Anyway, the point is, if some team drafts Kyler Murray, say, in the third round this year, they will not hold on to his rights in perpetuity. They will get one year. So if Kyler Murray decides, hey, the third round's not enough, I'll go play baseball, that's certainly possible. The difference is that Kyler Murray is expected to be in spring training, which is in February, and not training for the NFL draft, which would be in May or late April. Um, I do think he's in the. I do think he's in the NFL draft. Um, I think he is selected in the NFL draft, but like you, I think he does go to spring training. So I don't think he's training for the draft. I still think he will be picked. However in maybe in the fifth or sixth round, just as a crapshoot for a year. So that is my take on that. Okay, so NFL, we have uh, the playoffs are going to start next week, wild card weekend, which is uh, is very strange. It seems like it's a bit early, or Martin Luther King weekend actually is probably a bit late in the fact that normally the second uh, conference, championship, uh, conference wild cards versus the divisions is on Martin Luther King weekend. It will happen the week before. Where do you, last year we saw uh, Philadelphia beat New England in what was the most entertaining Super Bowl I've ever seen, mostly because New England lost. But the fact is, you see Nick Foles returning, given today, and having, a, having to have a whole lot fall right for them, including Chicago beating Minnesota, and your 2019 prognostication, given what you know today? No, I don't think he returns um, to Philly after this year. I think that's completely based upon whether the, um, the Philly doctors think Carson Wentz's prognosis is not good going forward, which is a distinct possibility. Um, because you're going to venture, you're not, Wentz is going to, Wentz, excuse me, Foles is going to want to be a starter somewhere. And he's going to want $15, 20000000 million a year. Now, whether he's worth it or not is a whole other discussion. You're not, at some point you're going to have to pay Wentz and you're not going to have two $20 million quarterbacks on, on salary. Um, I think he's gone. Um, I have at pretty much no recollection of the, of the Super Bowl last year because I couldn't have cared less about either team, to be perfectly honest. Um, I remember the Trey Burton touchdown, and but I don't remember it being – I just didn't care about either team. So. Um, so you're asking, what are my prognostications for the 20 – for the Super Bowl, in April, Super Bowl in February, or what are you – Sure, as of right – well, two things. First of all, where is, Cart, where is Nick Foles going to wind up? So understand that he has a mutual option 
for next year. So in all likelihood, they must decide, the Eagles, if they're going to exercise the option to keep Foles in his $20 million salary 30 days prior to the 2019 league year, which essentially means the week following the Super Bowl. If the Eagles do not exercise the option, Foles becomes a free agent. If and when the Eagles exercise that option, Foles then has his own option to make a decision in the five days after that. If Foles decides to void the option, cancel the contract, he must pay the Eagles back $2 million. So, do you believe that Nick Foles will be uh, an Eagle? And if not, where will he be? I don't. I believe I don't think the Eagles are going to keep him. Where this, I think he goes to a place where he could he could he could become a starter. Whether that's Tennessee, because I get the feeling Mar- Marcus Mariota isn't may physically never be able to play again, having read some stuff in the last couple of days. Um, I don't see him particularly with – I don't see him with the Giants. I just don't see the, I don't see it. Um, I don't know. Uh, there are – the problem is with Winston coming back to Tampa, as, 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 which has just been discussed, stated, there's not that many real open, open QB positions. Denver um, – you know, just kind of looking through, just kind of looking through the teams quickly. You know, Miami. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't have a prediction at this point. I think I have to see what's going to happen with some of these. You know, like a Tannehill, like what happens with Mariota. I could now yeah, maybe. I mean, he was pretty when he was starting in Philly the first time. Went twenty-seven touchdowns and two interceptions. Kind of, you know, maybe he's a fit in Jacksonville where they need a little bit of a lower risk quarterback. Although I remember prior to the playoffs last year, he was terrible. So it's a little hard for me to swallow that suddenly he's become great again. Um, oh, just announced okay. Antonio Brown's not going to play today for against Cincinnati. Well, that's why. I, well, that's why I picked Cincinnati plus the fourteen and a half points today, even in Pittsburgh. But anyway, like I said. I could be in for some money this week. It's, it's, it's looking okay for minimal money. Yeah, a couple of things go right. Sean could have another paycheck. The IRS did not hear that. Anyway. They're not listening right now, so don't worry about it. No, nah, no, nah, it's New Year's. The IRS doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, I did not see that Jameson Winston was going back to Tampa Bay. Do you think that's a good move for them or not? I think it depends on the quarterback situ on, on the coaching situation. Um, well, I think I don't they have think to expect that Dirk Cotter is not going to be there, right? I mean, that's my assumption, but it also kind of confuses me of why you would want to keep your quarterback for a new, for a new. I mean, for a new with a new with a new regime coming in, or they are thinking well, to themselves, it, you know what? It may be too. It, this may be not be the next year's draft looks a lot better. Justin Herbert, Tua, from there's gonna be a lot of quarterbacks coming out in 2020. This is not the quarterback draft next year is. You know, well, that's we what I was going to say. That. Seth, that's what I was going to say. So you got this guy at 20 million dollars for one year, right? It's a one year deal. 
if you're anticipating signing somebody in the free agency, let's remember what Case Keenum got. And Case Keenum got two years at 28, right? So Case Keenum is average, a little bit above yeah. average quarterback, right? Certainly not a superstar by any stretch. So you're going to have to pay a guy like him or Nick Foles at least $20 million for next year with guaranteed money. So why not take the guy that you know rather than uh, assuming that they're happy with what they know, then take the guy that they don't and go through that again next year. So I actually, talking, I actually think, this is, in I think this is a smart move. What's that? You're talking in Philly. No, I'm actually talking in Tampa Bay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking I, in Tampa I, Bay. I, okay. Sorry. Yeah, one more question, and then we'll move off the, the NFL. Will Matt Stafford be taking snaps in 2019 for the Detroit Lions? I still think so. Um, although I'll be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing him go somewhere else. The contract, the reason I think the contract is enormous. And I think it'll be a hard contract for people to, for teams to swallow for someone who really hasn't proven to, to be of that tier. Um, the problem is he just, as great an arm as he is, and he's you know, supposedly a pretty good leader, the team hasn't done anything in seven years, and you have him signed to $30 million, give or take a year. Where's your value? You know, what do you, you trade him to it? I'm just making up the giant. It's Denver. You know, because they have young wideouts like Cortland Sutton and stuff like that. And Keenum is on a pretty reasonable con. You know, they can, they can cut Keenum, I think, after this year. Is Detroit going to want nothing for him? Like, what do, what do they – I don't know what the value, the trade value of it is because of the contract. Well, I am looking up Matt Stafford's contract right now um, as far as the hit that they would take. And I, I know it's in at least 10. Uh, it may be a lot more than that, but hold on. I think it's a lot more than that. Some reason Spotrack is failing me right now, and I'm very, very upset by this. But anyway, because other people who are listening to the show are checking, are looking up for us. So if you can call, if you can call us well, that information, that'd be great. Hold on, my fingers only go as fast as they go. Okay, so here we go. Uh, contract status, salary cap. Nope, Spotrack seems to be down. Wow, I didn't think that was humanly possible. Maybe it's run by the government. It's like a part of the government shutdown. That, that's not very ha- – wow. Anyway, yeah, it, it's down for a little bit, I guess. Well, no, it looks like my internet is down, which is even worse. Um, so the point is, I think he will not be – oh, good play by Evan Ingram, by the way, if you're a Giants fan. Um, I do not think he will be taking snaps – for uh, here we go, right? That's Detroit Free Press contract status. Ninety-two million guaranteed on this contract, by the way. It's a mm-hmm. lot of money. So if he takes a cut after this year, ew, that's a bad cap hit. That's thirty million. Thirty million dollars on the cap hit. 
What so was the number that I told you? That, you? You said about that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's that would be problem. a $30 million cap hit. Now, the potential out is in 2021, which is in two more years, and that's only a $10 million cap hit. Oh, no, after this year, <laughs> uh, it will not be happening. After this year, the dead cap, I'm not sure if this is for a trade or this is for is $49 million. Wow. I didn't think that was humanly possible. Anyway, so I, 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 I take you that back. If it's a $49 million cap hit, he will be playing for the Detroit Lions after this year. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Prognostication, 2019. The Jets and or the Giants will make the playoffs next year. The Jets won't. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. They have $70 million to sign people, $65 million. You no, go after they have down actually down. Much, much more than that, actually. They have close to $100 million? Okay. Yeah, close to 100 So let me turn this on you. Do you want them going after Le'Veon Bell? Yes. 100%. I want them getting Le'Veon Bell. I want them getting two starting tackles. And that should eat up most of that money. You're okay with the wideouts? Yep. I don't think the wideouts really ma- – yeah, you got a Numois, you're going to get Robbie Anderson back. Yeah, I think you draft a couple of wideouts in the second and third round, or you get one that's at like $8 million or $9 million. Like you don't spend $15 million. I don't even know if there is a wideout capable of $15 million this year. But I don't think there are number one wideouts even out there. So, no, you don't go for the wideouts. You go for your tackles, your offensive tackles, or your guards. You build from the line back, and that's what they should be doing. The Jets should be building on defense and running game because that's what Sam Darnold needs. So I think that the Jets will not make the playoffs next year again. I think they'll go 8-8, eight and eight, a legitimate step up from 4-12, from and 12, which they will be this year. I'm interested in seeing who they pick in the first round, but more importantly, I'm hoping they trade that pick. I just don't you see how to, they can trade. I'm, I'm sorry, assuming you want them to trade down to trade down to 10 or 15 and get two or three second round, kind of recoup some of the second round picks because there's going to be yeah, so many defensive the, linemen that you can go for. Well, the Jets also do not have a second round pick this year. So right, I'd like to get at least one back. Correct. So, okay, so let's move on because we've, we've, done, we've gone through the NFL. We've got a couple more sports to go. Major League Baseball, where does Bryce Harper land? And where does Dodgers. Manny Machado land? Manny Philly. Machado? Philly. Okay. Do either of those teams make – okay, hold on. Do either of the contracts break $300 million? Um, yes. Okay, Bryce Harper does. Or both. Bryce Harper. Basically How many years? Harper. How many years? 300 million. Years, Harper. Harper's 10 years in that 300 million range. Okay. Okay. And Machado with the Phillies. Yeah. 
be seven or eight year contract, I don't think it's going to hit the 300. It won't hit the 300 or won't hit the 30 million average. Fair enough. Okay. You, I agree I, with you. Hold on. I agree with you with regards to Bryce Harper. I think he does wind up with, with the, uh, with the Dodgers. Although I did point out that I thought he would wind up with the Giants to start. I just don't think the Giants are going to have that capability right now. And the Dodgers just cleared out a ton of payroll for him. When you're looking at yep. Machado, it's a very interesting scenario in that the White Sox just got his brother-in-law in Yadier Alonso. I like the White Sox ponying up actually more than the Dodgers will for Harper. I think Machado gets the bigger deal. I think he's the better player, and I think he gets the bigger deal because I think the White Sox have to overpay for him. That would be and true. They will. If, if, he goes to Chicago, if he goes to Chicago, Chicago will have to overpay for him. And I think they will, and I think that he actually gets a bigger deal than Bryce Harper. It may not be annual value bigger deal, but I think he gets, a, say, Harper gets eight years at $240 million or something like that. So he doesn't break 300 And then Machado gets 10 years at $300 million. So it's not a bigger deal. It's just a longer and more value at the end. I think that will happen. Okay. Will the Yankees acquire another a-type level player before spring training? I don't think so. Um, there's no if, – if they're not getting Harper or Machado, there's no free agent out there. Goldschmidt's been traded. The only people I know that they could go for are, are a Kruger or a Carrasco in Cleveland. I think Cleveland would be reticent – I mean, Cleveland has made it pretty clear that they're that they're available. I do think they'd be reticent to trade them to the Yankees um, because Cleveland well, still Carras- that division. Well, I'm Carrasco sorry. just signed a new a new uh, extension for three more years. When? Carrasco's not going anywhere. It was, when was it? a couple when was of weeks that? ago. He, he's not okay, going not anywhere. Distance. It's Trevor Bowers or Trevor Bauer or Kluber maybe on the move. I agree with you. I love the word reticent. Well done. But I think Thank if you. either one goes anywhere, Kluber goes to San Diego for a boatload of prospects. And that will be interesting in his own right. Let's switch it over to the Mets. Is Noah Syndergaard pitching in week one of the Major League Baseball season for the New York Mets? I think so. Um Although this, this, your new GM certainly likes to wheel and deal, I think so. Um, I think it's, to get 70 cents on the dollar for a 25-year-old starter doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I would agree with you. I'd like to point out that I was totally against this guy becoming the Mets GM. Totally against him. I liked the concept of Doug Melvin. I did not like the concept of an agent becoming the general manager. And when I went into the office that day, I was ridiculed by two of my colleagues, Rick Maltez and Scott Kerner. I would like to take that back. I think he has done an excellent job. I think he's not afraid. And I think in New York, you have to, 
you can't not be afraid to make a deal. And look, these 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 uh, trades may or may not turn out, but he's he's making moves. He's not just letting, like you said, you can't be complacent, right? Because complacent means you're going down. So at least he's moving forward. Do the Mets and or the, and or the Yankees make the playoffs in 2019? The Yankees do. The Mets don't. Do the Yankees win a World Series in 2019? Crystal ball. No. no. Does any Yankee win 15 games in 2019? Yes. Who? Tanaka. Okay. I'm just saying. I mean, it, it, look, if there's one downfall to the Yankees, it's going to be their pitching. Right, because it's certainly not going to be their hitting. No, they're bad they have a the crap out have, of the ball. They have a lot of number twos. Paxson, Tanaka, and Severino are all solid number twos starters. There's no definitive ace. So if they're going to win the ninety to hundred games, which I I would think that they would win, two of those three have to win fifteen. Severino scares me too much. Not that Tanaka stays healthy very often, and even Paxton doesn't either. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say two of those three will. Maybe, I'll, yeah, two of those three will. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the NBA. Does Anthony Davis, opening day 2019, does Anthony Davis suit up for the New Orleans, New Orleans uh, Hornets? Unfortunately not. Um, Where does he go? I think he goes to the Lakers. I think what happened, I think this is very simple. If you're New Orleans, like you've tried to, you've tried to surround him with people. You've had some bad luck. You've had some, you know, you've had, you know, you had a nice run in the playoffs last year, beating Portland. You have a solid point guard in holiday. You had an all pro center in cousins. Rotich has been injured, is very good when he's healthy. The problem is this is not a generation of people who are going to build it from there. There's a generation of people who are going to jump. So New Orleans is going to offer him the Supermax, as they should, and he is going to turn it down. And at that point, your clock is ticking. Once you know that happens, you know he's not resigning. Boston, I don't believe can can make certain offers because can offer certain things because of Kyrie's deal. You would do it better than I. Hold do. on, hold on. They can, they just can't do it till after the draft this year. So that's why the concept is if you're go- so Kyrie is a free agent this year, right? Right. And he can re-sign. So once he gets off the extension which is free which is after this year he can they can have those two players on the same contract on the same team absolutely the reason that the lakers if the lakers want to get anthony davis is they have to push it now before boston gets in the fray so let's assume that boston is allowed to first of all do you think anthony davis will be traded before the end of the year that's the first question before the end of the basketball calendar year? No. 
Okay. Unless David so given specifically that, told New Orleans he is not resigning. I see, I'm sorry? Now, again, you can get more value for him now because it's going into it, but because obviously he's still under contract for another year and he could help a team significantly in the playoffs. But number one, as you said, you can't, you can't trade him to Boston, right, currently, because of the Kyrie mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers made an offer because having probably a little gun shy about waiting after what happened with Paul George. And despite, you know, this has been a discussion with Nabate and myself, who's much higher on this Lakers team than I am. Um, this team to me isn't going anywhere the way it's currently, it's currently put together. Wait, hold on a second. So your belief is that he is traded before the end of the calendar year. No, no, before the end he... of the NBA league year. Because if he's not no. traded before the end of the – okay, so let's assume he's not traded before the end of the league year. That means that Boston can, can bring in their stuff. So Boston yes. has four first-round picks, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, who's a free agent, so it would have to be a, a sign-and-trade, Marcus Smart. All those pieces are on the board. And you still think he goes to the Lakers? No. What I said was, I, you asked me if I thought he was going to be traded before the end of the year, before the, before the end of this playoff season. And I said, right. no. I, but if he is, it's to the Lakers. Yes. Agreed. I don't think he's traded anywhere else because I don't think anybody else has the pieces. But if he's not traded before the end of the year – then what New Orleans does is they put the Supermax on the table and say, here we are, right? The only way that he gets traded, in my opinion, before the end of the NBA year is if he explicitly says, again, the only team I'm going to sign with is the Lakers, trade me to the Lakers, and makes us think about it. But the point is, that's not from what I understand. And granted, I don't know Anthony Davis from any better than I know my neighbor next door. That's not what I have heard he's like. He's not that no, guy I completely, that does that. Completely, completely agree with everything you just said. Okay. No, I don't think, as I said, I don't think he will be traded before the end of this playoff season. I don't. Okay. And I okay. think at the end of the day, Boston, first of all, Boston has more, has probably better to offer than, L, than L.A., in my opinion. Agreed. Boston, L.A. does not have a Jason Tatum and does not have four first round picks. You know, you can trade Kuzma and Grumman ball, but does that really excite you enough for a top five player in the league? No, for me, no. And I don't even think, I don't even think Tatum's part of that package. I think it's Brown and three first round picks and Marcus smart, because you have to meet the, the salary requirement. I don't think Tatum's in the package. And it's still better than what the Lakers can give. Yeah, except, except Brown has not had a good year at all. So his value has gone down a bit. And the Giants just took the lead over the Cowboys. Woo-hoo. Ah. Um, well, I, I need it, I need it uh, less than six, and I'm fine. So what's the score there? 24-21. Excellent. You could stay that way. So, and Dak Proskow's out of the game. So the the point okay so is there going to be a major trade before the end of the NBA, before the NBA trade deadline 
I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Um, the name that I that I wonder about is because I just don't see this team going anywhere the way they're currently constructed. And it's not like it's not a, a massive, massive name, but does Portland trade R.J. McCollum? Or C.J. McCollum, excuse me. Him and Lillard, are, when they're when they're two best players are your guards, and that's where I see it. I, I don't see much. I, I don't see much else. I, I don't. Okay. You know, but again, I'm not playing. I'm not Bill Simmons playing on the trade machine twelve hours a day and getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> hey, that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing. That was the best thing ESPN could ever do, is build that trade machine because it makes people like me a happy camper when it comes to trade deadline. Okay. So let's move over to hockey. Very uh, Actually, we can go to college basketball right now. Is Steve Alford fired by the end of the year? Yes. Okay. UCLA making the tournament? No. Who goes further, Syracuse or Maryland? Syracuse. Oh, I like that idea. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> And who wins the national championship? Michigan. Okay. Well, that'll make all those Michigan fans from yesterday a little bit more happier, given the fact that they were completely blown out in the the Citrus Bowl. Okay. So we have five more minutes to go. So I'm going to ask you what you hope for in 2019 for New York sports. Give me, give me one thing that, that you hoped for in 2019 and one thing you didn't really like about 2018. For New York sports or in general? New York sports. Give me New York, well, in general. You could do in general. I'll go to New York sports. And the Falcons well, just took the lead. <laughs> for, well, I'll do for for New York sports, I want one NBA team to be relevant. And the Nets are borderline there. Obviously, the Knicks are tanking this year. Um, I think the Nets, the Knicks are going to obviously go for Durant. The Nets are going to have a lot of cap room. And it with one max free agent, or max, one star, which is really what they're short, could become a very good team in the East. The Knicks still are going to have a way to go, even if they bring in Durant. They just need more because we don't know how Porzingis is going to come back. What do I? What do I want? You know, what's? I want to never hear the name Larry Nasser again, or anything to do with the U.S. Gymnastics Foundation. Okay. So if I'm looking back on 2018, and this really was a prediction for 2019 show rather than a year in review, we'll talk more next year about what happened in 2018. We kind of went backwards on that one. But what I want to see in 2019 is certainly James Dolan selling the New York Knicks. More than anything else, I would love for that to happen. Because at the end of the day, I truly believe the Knicks will never win a championship with him here. I just don't. I think it's his toy. It's a thing that makes him happy, but doesn't necessarily mean he, he always has to fiddle when things are getting good. And so I truly believe that it's just not going to happen. Okay. Another thing that I, 
that I'm looking back on 2018. Look, you said Larry Nasser perfectly perfect. You said it best. I don't want to hear his name again. I hope he rots in hell, quite frankly. And I do want to hear the U.S. gymnastics again, but I do want to hear them in a positive manner. I do want, look, they went bankrupt with all the lawsuits. I'm looking forward to the Olympics. I'm looking forward to the next time that U.S. gymnastics is on center stage in a positive way. Yes, but that will rather than in mean, Agreed. Agreed. I'm just saying, I get it. The other thing I don't want to hear regarding 2018, last night was a perfect, perfect setup for this show when the Islanders went into Toronto and beat John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs 4 to nothing, 4 to nothing. They blew them away. I am so thankful that the Islanders have made it a team effort this year rather than the story of John Tavares. Look, I would have loved for JT to stay on the island, which is now going to be back in the island. Another heads up, yes. But the fact is, I'm really happy that we're not talking about that all year like we did last year. Because quite frankly, it got boring. It was horrible. And now I understand what New Orleans really is going through right now with Anthony Davis. Because for the next year and a half, he can basically hold them hostage if he wants. And I just saw Teddy Bridgewater throw his first touchdown in three years. Congratulations to Teddy Bridgewater, because that is fantastic to end the, to end the show in the fact that this guy came all the way back from the, from the gruesome knee injury that he had. Okay, so we have now two minutes left in the show. Seth, I'd like to wish you and your family a very happy and healthy New Year from from my family to yours and to all the listeners out there. Look, make 2019 the best one that you got. Enjoy tomorrow night, but be safe. Nobody wants to come home to the start of a new year with anything more than promise, not regret. So be safe, be smart. Pretty well stated. Um, Thank you. Thanks to everybody who's made the show the last six years. Everyone who's made this year, uh, including, including the five-month-old who's on my shoulder right now, who's made it so, this such a wonderful year, Carly, Jake, kiddo, you know, everyone else involved. And hopefully we'll host this for another six more, seven more, whatever it's been. God, we've been <laughs> running this show a long time. When do we get, when do we get the golden watch? We this get is, the golden watch when you give it to me and I give it to you. 15 years. This is my 15 years we get the golden Cowboys. This is my second longest career. What can I tell you? There you go. Me too. All right. All right, buddy. Have a very happy new year. And we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. For Sean Palmer, this is Seth Cayman. Have a happy new year, everybody. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.